Good evening and a really warm welcome to you for our worship this evening. My name is Ian, I'm one of the ministers at Romford Baptist Church. Another of the ministers, Vicky, will be bringing God's word later in this service as we continue our theme about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has many great things to say and uh, earlier in the series we just looked at how to humble ourselves to walk with God but also to praise him and the psalmist says praise the Lord I will extol the Lord my with my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly great are the works of the Lord they are pondered by all who delight in them glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever we sing that song Waymaker. Let us come to God in prayer. Let us pray together. Lord, you are a promise keeper. You are a light in the darkness. And Lord, we thank you that no matter how dark the world is, your light will break through and shine through. And Lord, we pray today that we will know your light breaking through and shining through into our lives. Lord, as we with all those believers praise you and worship you, Lord, we want to adore you and thank you for your goodness that reaches to us reaches to us in all our doom and gloom, but also in our delight and celebration, your love that reaches down to our deepest needs, but longs for us to be running and to be excited. That love, Lord, that even in these times of adversity, bring us hope and joy. Lord God, we just pray that in this day when we are worshipping you and praising you, Lord, you will come close to each one of us. Lord, as we sing of your greatness, as we proclaim you and worship you, Lord, we confess that we have failed you and we have got things wrong. But Lord... We thank you that you are with, with us and you are going to forgive us. And that you forgive us because of Jesus' death and resurrection. His death on the cross and his resurrection that led the grave empty, that showed us the way to life is now there. And Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, tonight in this worship, may we live as forgiven people and celebrate your goodness for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next song, Who Is There Like You? Thank you to Steve and the worship group who recorded this one. Have you ever tried to describe how much God loves you, how much God loves us? And even at those times when we're fearful for ourselves or for others, God still loves us. We're going to have now a poem that Steve has recorded, followed by that great song, 
are raised in Alleluia, which talks about God's declaring victory over all things. Let's listen and allow ourselves to receive the love of God. I met with my God in prayer today. His awesomeness and forgiving nature blew me away. He had me and forgave me, knowing I'm just made of dust and frail. However, what I am about to speak about is definitely no tale. I cried in the presence of my Jesus with tears, told him, of my indecisiveness, feelings and fears. As we sat on lush green grass by the still waters, I continued, Earth's groaning and is in trouble for starters. Nations, rulers are all in despair, trying their own way to move forward and repair. Whilst telling him this in my heavenly language, he replies, come up higher, I'll show you my desire. My heart excited with enthusiasm, running after him, he showed me all of them. Great clouds of witnesses cheering us on, and they will do so until all purposes and destinies won. Not looking to the builder and maker who is God causes disruption, confusion, corruption and bullets and bombs not able to dodge. Look north there's trouble, look south there's trouble, look east there's trouble, look west there's trouble. Is this it? The end of the world as we know it? Or is there much more to learn so we can get it? The promise is promised and the earth once again nourished with the word of God showered in our hearts, fully flourished. Oh yes, there's much more, more to attract the heart of his people to agree on a pact. Focus on him. Focus on him is the alarming outward cry. It's imperative, it's important, so his dreams and promises never die. Keep them alive, make them to thrive before him now and always. Supernaturally done in heaven before is supernaturally done on earth and at heart's door. So regardless what is happening in Earth's hemisphere, the word from our maker is, do not fear. Just keep our pact by looking on him only and all of heaven will sing with us, oh, how he is holy. Our God of the angel armies has everything in his hand. In unison, angels are marching forward as in a band. Synchronizing victories right now taking place in lives of his loved ones as they pick up the pace. 
in intercessory prayer, word and deed, song of salvation, love, justice and forgiveness indeed. As we say every week, we hope you have received a notice sheet to tell you what's going on in the life of Romford Baptist Church uh, week by week. And we pray that you will find ways of joining us in as many ways as you can and starting to join with God's people in reality. On the notice sheet, you will see the children's and youth activities and notice of things coming up in the next few weeks. And we thank you also for all those offerings that people have been bringing and dropping off at the building. They have been putting directly into the bank accounts, sending in through the website. And we praise and thank God for his sustaining resourcing of his church as we seek to make God's love known. Let's give God thanks as we pray together right now. And Father God, we thank and praise you that your love is amazing, that you do love us and you are. Your provision is for us at all times, in all places. And Lord, now as we just come to you in prayer, giving you our offerings, we remember those words from Matt Redman and that song, Show Me the Way of the Cross once again. And how you call us to give to you. Yet I resolve to give it all. And Lord, we give you our best. And Lord, we pray you'll take those gifts and you'll use them for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to a time of prayer, we're going to listen to a song we've only just recently been using in the RBC. I speak the name of Jesus. Listen to these words, join in with these words as you speak the name of Jesus over every situation. Let us come to God in prayer. Let us pray together. Our minds are so often full of words. And what is worse, our hearts often clogged up with thoughts and ideas as well, which leaves us little room for meeting with God in simplicity and stillness. So this evening, we're going to have space to pray ourselves, guided with leads and prompts. There'll be silence after each of these sessions. Sections. So first, let us take a little time to notice how many good things surround us. How much there is that we have taken for granted and how much our lives have been blessed this last week with good people, with good experiences, with God's provision. Let's take some time to notice. We pray now for some time for those people and places in the news, things we will read in the Sunday papers when we <clears throat> look at them or maybe seen on our TV screens during this week.
the things we have heard on the radio, the things we have been told. We hold them now within God's love. We pray for the church and for the big issues facing the church of Jesus at this time, such as how we support the needy, the homeless, the, those unemployed and those who are trying to find new jobs as a result of coronavirus. We also pray for our own church, particularly the many opportunities and some problems before us, such as coming out of lockdown, the need for new volunteers and resources and wisdom. We ask for guidance and grace for the church. Between us all, we know many people who are struggling today with illness, crises, big decisions and major changes in life. God's care for them is even greater than ours, but let us show our own love and concern for them as we pray, naming our own people in quiet trust before God. Each of us has things on our mind, perhaps things we hesitate to mention to anyone else. But our Heavenly Father understands us totally and He only wants the very best outcome for us. Let us pray to Him 
in the honesty of our own hearts. These, Lords, are the prayers of your people this evening. We ask you to take each one of these prayers and to answer them in your own time and your own way. And in the meantime, give us expectant and trustful hearts. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, we pray. And we now have the Lord's Prayer sung to us as recorded by our worship group. Our reading tonight is from Proverbs chapter 15, and I'm going to read the whole of it. Um, so sit back as I go. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eye of the Lord are everywhere, but keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked bring ruin. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of the fools are not upright. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayers of the upright please him. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. Stern discipline await anyone who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will die. Death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more do human hearts? Mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the way at the path of the upright is a highway. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly brings joy to one who has no sense, but whoever has understanding keeps a straight course. Plans fail for lack of counsel, 
but with many advisors they succeed. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. The path of life leads upward for the prudent, to keep them from going down to the realm of the dead. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he sets the widow's boundary stone in place. The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious thoughts are pure in his sight. The greedy bring ruin to their households, but the one who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Light in a messenger's eyes bring joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honour. Thanks be to God. I'm just a bit concerned about this microphone. Sounding a bit fuzzy. Oh, wow. Do you feel as exhausted as I do by that string of sayings and the truth that can be found within them? Those verses back at the beginning, verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Or the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. There's verse 12, mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. Or verse 13, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. As we've looked at the book of Proverbs over the last few weeks, and those various themes that we've been focusing in on, a Lord to honour, or a path to take, or a choice to make, we come to our theme for this evening, a life to pursue. And here in these verses from Proverbs chapter 15, we have this collection of sayings that are reminding us and challenging us once again about the way we live and about the choices that we make that impacts not only on ourselves, but also so often on the lives of those around us. If we look back and listen again or read again the verses that I've just read, we will realise that actually many of them are just an observation of life on the way that things happen in God's world. A hot-tempered person, it says in verse 18, stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. And actually, if we think about that, how true is that statement? Invariably, someone who is hot-tempered will fly off the handle at a moment's notice. And actually, when they do that, so often those around them will respond. And so conflict happens. Have you ever thought about some of our more modern-day proverbs that we may be more familiar with? Proverbs such as many hands like make light work or too many cooks spoil the broth. Or there's that lovely one, isn't it, about a rolling stone that gathers no moss. Or bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And actually, if you listen to them as an individual thing, yes, they do make sense. 
But actually, if you put them together as a collective whole, they actually seem to contradict one another. Let's think about that for a moment. If many hands make light work, how can too many cooks spoil the broth? In and of themselves, they make sense. Put together, those two seem to contradict themselves. And actually, when sometimes we put all these proverbs together, like we've just listened to those from chapter 15, if we take them and, and listen to them as a collective whole, we can miss out on what they're saying individually. Let's go back to the one in verse 21. Folly brings joy to one who has no sense, but whoever has understanding keeps a straight course. If we think about that as an individual, in a way it takes us back to what I was saying a couple of weeks ago. If we want to pursue the life to pursue from the wisdom that we can get from reading the Proverbs, then folly or following the temptations of those around us, yes, it will bring us joy, but actually in the process it takes us away from God so often. Because by listening to the, the lure and the temptations that there are around us, invariably we're allowing the evil one to get a foothold into our lives. And then bigger mistakes, bigger folly, means that we're going further and further away from God. Further and further away from that straight course, that narrow and straight path that I talked about that Christian was trying to follow. So what can we learn from these verses? And there were many verses. Well, I'm quite sure that you are as glad as I am that I'm not going to look at them individually. I too would like to have a cup of tea and go to bed this evening. But actually what I can see from looking at these passages and from these individual verses is this, that we don't just take one and apply it, but we need to take them all together because God doesn't want us just wise in one area of our life. He wants us wise in the whole of our life. Anthony Billington, he writes this about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs are short, pithy, memorable statements. They're often based on an observation about life. They're capturing a truth about the way that things are meant to work in God's world. They're designed to encourage us, to help us pause and reflect, to understand the insight or principle embedded within the saying, and then its implication for our own life and experience. And Anthony goes on to say, we ask, how does this proverb encourage us to make wise decisions in everyday life? Or what pattern does it reveal about the way life tends to work in God's world? And thirdly, what specific actions does it encourage us to adopt or warn us against? And so we're going to take each one of those thoughts tonight as we look at this particular chapter. So firstly, how are we encouraged to make wise decisions in everyday life? Well, let's look at verse 32 for a moment. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. How many people do we know who live a life where they seem to apply no discipline, where there appear to be no ground rules? They seem to be living a life where they're not aware of boundaries or the way that it's appropriate in, in dealing and relating to one another. So often they end up trampling over others or they rule over others through tyranny or 
because people are afraid of them. Invariably, those people will end up the poorer. Perhaps because they don't end up knowing who they can trust, because people aren't listening and responding to them in the way that they would do others, because they're listening and responding to them out of fear. Fear of what may happen to them if they don't do what is being said. Perhaps people who have no ground rules, who don't care about the other person, may end up in a life of addiction or crime or self-loathing. And yes, of course, I'm generalising. But actually, if we don't know right from wrong, if we don't know good from harm, if we aren't living a life of love, but rather we're living a life that is driven by fear or by hate or by no boundaries at all, but only doing what we want to do, then this single proverb, amongst the many others, are telling us the consequence. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves. It goes on to say, the one who heeds correction gains understanding. It tells us how we are required to live, to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. Especially, not just for us as individuals, but as we relate to the people and the friends and the family and society around us. We are encouraged to make wise decisions in everyday life where we are pursuing the wisdom that does indeed come from above, the rules that come from God, are living a life full of love. In his book, The Road to Character, David Brooks makes this distinction. He divides our lifestyle, so to speak, into two things, into resume virtues, the kind of skills that we list on our CV, and our eulogy virtues, perhaps those that we are talked about, about us, maybe at our funeral when we're not there to listen. Both the resume virtues and the eulogy virtues are important, but actually so often it's the eulogy virtues that mark us out. Because those are the character traits that run through every aspect of our life, including our resume virtues, those things that we list on our CV. Our eulogy virtues are the things that are, in a sense, are within that core of ourselves. If we appear to people outside of our home, for example, as someone who is kind in the way we relate to others, but if the people in our own home don't recognise us as such, we're not kind underneath it all. All we're doing is putting on a show. Kindness in that case isn't a characteristic that runs through the core of us. It's there just to make others think better of us. And eventually, we will trip up. Because that kind of action is driven by selfishness rather than through love. Verse 24 says, The path of life leads upward for the prudent to keep them from going down to the realm of the dead. If we think about someone who has that characteristic of kindness that will appear in the eulogy virtue, so to speak, they are kind regardless of what other people will think of us or what other people we can get out of the situation we find ourselves in. They're kind because they're kind because they're kind. 
It is a eulogy virtue. And actually, by being kind, by showing love, by looking at the way we relate to one another, those are the things that will take them upward rather than downward, as it says in verse 24. Secondly, what kind of pattern does it reveal about the way God wants us to live our life? I've already talked about how if we read each proverb individually, we can actually see sometimes how one verse either contradicts or makes that first verse more specific. So the second line reinforces or um, contradicts that first line. So verse 17, for example. Better a small, veg- small serving of vegetable with love than a fattened calf with hatred. <laughs> Let's think about that for a moment. There's that reminder that a life, even if we're not material, materially rich, so we've got a small serving of vegetables, but a life that's lived with love is often a life that also has joy and peace and contentment within it. And if we think about those that we know, people who, include, this does include Christians, but actually more often than not who are not Christians. So often people are striving to find joy and peace and contentment through things such as drugs or their material possessions or promotion at work or trying to get a better house or a newer car, whatever it may be. Because they're striving, striving, striving because there's something within them that is empty. Perhaps, in a sense, they aren't following what God is saying, but they've allowed other things to come in the way of their relationship with God, or they have no relationship with God. That small serving of vegetables, where love is in abundance, brings with it a joy where we know that we're doing and living a life that is pleasing to God. Such a contrast to that fattened calf where often hatred or selfishness or jealousy or pride or ambition are the drivers and the motivations behind what people are doing, rather than living a life where God is centre, where perhaps we've gone off that straight and narrow way that I talked about before. When we think about the book of Proverbs and when we think about this particular chapter that we've been looking at this evening, perhaps we think, well, actually, would it be easy if we just maybe chopped up the book of Proverbs, so to speak, and focused in on a proverb a day? Let's just spend that day trying to focus on that particular proverb. Well, we could try that, but actually that's missing the point. Because the point is placed together as we find them within the book of Proverbs they remind us that life is complex. It's not about carving our life up into individual sections, but actually we are living our life in relationship with one another. We're living our lives that are messy. We're living lives where there are ups and downs along the way. We can't divide our life into neat and tidy little boxes because life generally is messy and busy and there is conflict in our lives and joy in our lives and confusion in our lives. And God's not saying, look at this focus on this proverb today. But he wants us to focus on them all. And yes, There may feel like there's a randomness of the sayings that we find within Proverbs and certainly within this chapter as I've read it tonight. But actually together, 
we see that together it reflects the kind of life that we're living. A life where God wants to be in all of it, the ups and downs, the, the mess and the, and the tidiness. He wants us to live wisely and with humility and pursuing a life which is expected of us. Because if we're doing that where God is central to us, it will be like it says in verse 16, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Listening to that still, small voice. Listening to that part in the midst of the busyness of our life. What's God saying to us in this situation? Is this the moment when we need to be calm, to not respond, to turn the other cheek, or whatever it may be? Life isn't straightforward. But that third point that Anthony Billington mentioned is how do we know what kind of life to pursue? If you know anything about the book of Proverbs, we know that it stands alongside that of Ecclesiastes and Job, which all fall under the heading of biblical wisdom. I've been reading my way through Ecclesiastes as part of my uh, reading my way through uh, the Bible this year. And I was reading it recently. And as I journey through it, we could see again and again as the reader was walking through the, the way of the teacher in Ecclesiastes, who was wrestling with the meaning of life. And who again and again seemed to come to the conclusion that it's all meaningless. Until we get towards the end when we realise, like he did, that the starting point of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. How do we know what kind of life to pursue? A life where we look at God and we see his love and we recognise that actually what we want to do is live the way he called us to and not on a pathway that takes us away from him. If you think about the book of Job, we know that Job's comforters, so to speak, were telling him that he was suffering because he had done wrong. But Job knew in that case he was innocent. And it wasn't until we go through the book of Job that we realise that for Job, it wasn't about God blessing those who are good or judging those who are evil. But the key was Job's relationship with God. And that relationship needing to be right. And that is true for us too. Our relationship with God needs to be right. That's the life that we need to pursue. And we can see that again in the book of Proverbs. As once again we realise that the importance of living our lives is to do so in a way that God has laid out for us. To follow as we've heard before, that way of wisdom rather than folly. The choices that we make will take us either towards God or away from him. And if we allow those things to infiltrate us, those things to influence us, those things to take us away from God, then our life and our character will be impacted by it. We won't be formed by wisdom but rather by folly. Those eulogy virtues will less, be less about our relationship with God 
and more about what we selfishly may have been trying to seek on our own. I know which path I would want to follow. I want to follow a path that takes me towards God. And I'm sure each one of us do too. Our last song reminds us that sometimes we are called to live outside our comfort zone, to pursue a life that is one where we follow God. But recognising too that when we live that way, when we follow God, it's not always an easy place to be. It isn't easy to be the voice of calm when someone around us is quick to lose their temper. It's not easy always to show kindness when others around us are greedy. It's not always easy to remain a heart of love when perhaps those around us are living by very different ground rules and very different motivations. But as we sing that last song, we are also reminded that as we follow God, he may take us to a place that we do not expect to be. But wherever he takes us, he's always going to be with us along the way. Let's be willing not to be one of those three wise monkeys that see, hear or say nothing and allow the world around us not to hear God through us. But rather, let us be willing to follow God's teachings and to be God's person in whatever place or situation he may place us or lead us or take us. We sing again, though I feel afraid. Thank you for being with us uh, this evening and uh, as we continue um, to go out into the world or into whatever the rest of our evening holds this evening, may we know that actually we're not on our own. And if we can keep that core within us to be the core that God wants to see running through us, the core of love and kindness, peace and generosity, all those things that we know about from our Bible, then we know that we will be indeed a blessing to God and to others. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us both now and forevermore. Amen. And as our service concludes on the internet, there is a lovely song called Victor's Crown. I invite you to enjoy it as our service concludes. Good night.